You guys, when I say there are no words to describe this episode, I really mean it. Like, I don't know how to put this episode into words. I got to talk to my friend Mallory, who is just the epitome of strength. She is so inspirational. And really what's interesting about our stories is they're very similar, but I would argue Mallory's got a strength that far surpasses mine. And again, this will all kind of make sense once you hear about her story and her bravest moment. But to give you some background, she graduated from Marquette University and is currently a nurse at Children's Wisconsin in Milwaukee. She's very passionate about the health and safety of the pediatric population and spreading awareness when it comes to trauma prevention. She's engaged to the love of her life, which is so awesome. And they've been together for over three years now. So we get to dive in and talk about that which is not something I've done yet on the podcast. And then we get to also talk about their wedding that's coming up in August. So, so exciting. So perfect balance of girl talk and then also getting into some really deep conversations where you get to hear Mallory's inspiring story. Hello and welcome to Be Brave with Emma B. I'm Emma, your host, and I'm so excited that you're here. In a world that fills us with stories of fear and anxiety, I'm here to share stories of bravery and fearlessness. I'm bringing on some of the bravest people I know and sharing some stories of my own to show you why anyone can choose to be brave if they have faith and surround themselves with encouraging people. So come along. Let's be brave together. Hi, Mallory. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited. Hi, thank you for having me. This is going to be great. I'm just going to dive into the question that we ask everybody on the podcast, and then we'll go from there. So Mallory, what is the bravest thing you've ever done? I think the bravest thing that I have ever done is go forward with becoming a pediatric ICU nurse. That is so cool. And I did know that about you, but I want to hear more about what that's like. So first of all, what made you want to become a pediatric nurse? Because that's pretty specific. I think I always wanted to work with kids in some sense. As like my life went on, I kind of went between like being a teacher, being a psychologist, being a nurse, really like, in the medical field. But honestly, nurse never really crossed my mind. I originally had like before when I was looking at colleges, I looked at going for med school or PA school or something of that sort. But I, I always knew that I wanted to work with kids no matter what I did. That's so cool. So walk me through a day. What's being a pediatric nurse like? I'm sure it's not always the same, but I'd love to just get a gist. Yeah. I mean, every day is a little bit different working in the ICU. Very, We have a very wide variety of patients. In the ICU, we cover all specialties except for cardiac, special ICU. So for me, I can take care of any traumas or level one trauma center. I take care of babies with trachs who are just like working up their way to go home um, kids with GI issues that are critical, kids who have blood disorders or cancer. So it's, it's a very wide variety. I work night shift, so it's a little bit of a, not, it's not always a quieter flow, but kind of some less chaos, less PT, OT, speech, all that fun stuff. But yeah, I work 12 to 12, 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. Um, usually my kids are sleeping or but I do work a lot with kids who are critical and they have breathing tubes and they are sedated and they've been through these traumatic things. And, um, wow. I just enjoy like being there, being that person for them, that advocate. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that, I mean, first of all, I can't think of a more challenging job, to be honest. Like I just think about 
not only like are you serving people who've been through like trauma but you're serving kids and like obviously none of us we don't want anybody to go through trauma but we especially do not want kids to go through trauma so I guess what is like how do you take care of yourself through that because that's got to be really emotionally taxing yeah of course and I just want to like I feel like when kids or when people hear that I work at children's hospital they automatically think like babies like Mm -hmm elementary school kids but we can take care of kids all the way up to anywhere from like newborn to 17 years old mm-hmm. but we'll have kids that really aren't that far off from my age because sometimes if kids who have chronic conditions who have been treated at children's even once they go past the point of 18 they can come see us as well mm-hmm. I feel like people are like you work with you had a 17 year old I'm like yep like there's still a, a pediatric population Uh, But sorry, okay, circling back to your question. At first, like, you go, like, when I graduated nursing school, it was like, oh my gosh, I'm a nurse. Like, you see all of, like, the great things. And then, like, you see, you keep seeing, like, you go to work and you're, like, so, like, proud of what you're doing. And you're Mm -hmm. so, like, I'm doing this great thing. I'm taking care of these sick kids. And then, like, time goes on and you're like, wow, these kids are still really sick. Wow, like, another kid passed away. And, like, it really does get draining. And we, we go through seasons where we'll have multiple kids pass away at once or we will have like multiple kids like we see miracles and they go home and it's really great but I think I I struggled once I got past that point of being like wow I'm a nurse figuring out like okay like I'm coming home I'm still like upset about what I saw at work that's a that was a little bit of a challenge for me I think I always go back to my roots of why I became a nurse Mm. that always helps me and I always go back to the roots of like every time I leave work I try to think of like what's one positive impact I made on this patient. That's awesome. And that kind of helps me be like, okay, this this patient situation is really crappy. But like I was able to sit in the back and talk with the parents for an hour. Mm-hmm. Kind of debrief. Or I was able to like give this kid a full bath and wash her hair. And like that was something that meant a lot to her. And at Children's, we ask all of our families, what matters the most to you? Whether that's the patient, if they can answer, if that's the family, because a lot of the times we're so like in a tunnel vision of medical that we forget that there are little things that are more important to mom and dad to patient than like what maybe our goals as a medical professional. So usually I'll try to like take that into consideration too. Like, did I meet their what matters most? Like, was I Mm -hmm. able to meet that goal for them? And I think that really helps me kind of ground myself with the stuff I go through at work. That's super powerful. I don't, I don't think I've ever heard that. I mean, I'm sure it's been going on at children's for a while, but like, I mean, the past couple of years I've been in the hospital setting a lot and that's just, that's a really beautiful thing to be able to ask families. Cause maybe in that present moment, like it's not that, not that you're not giving the superb medical care, but maybe they just need something specific to address like the emotional needs they're having in that moment. And the fact that like you're asking them that that's huge. That's so cool. Sometimes it's just as simple as mom's like, I just want to sleep through the night. Like Mm. I just want to be able to sleep and like not get woken up and not, and like, obviously sometimes that's not feasible, but like, it's like things like that, or the kid will be like, I want to like FaceTime my brother today. Like sometimes like in a kid's perspective, like they don't understand all the medical jargon, all of that, the things that we're saying, and they like live in a whole different world than what we do. Um, Mm -hmm. What matters most to them is sometimes drastically different. And sometimes it's easy to forget that. So I think keeping your patient and your family's priorities in mind as well is important. And I always try to like 
factor that into my work. That's super cool. That's beautiful. Now you said something, you're like, okay, when I get the end of a hard day, I really go back to the roots of why I became a nurse. And you kind of told us how you like chose being a nurse. You said you wanted to work with kids, but tell me about like those roots. Like what are like the really deep things of like why you're doing such a difficult job? Yeah. So back in 2016, I was involved in a car accident in which I almost lost my life. I was flooded. I was treated at Children's in the pediatric ICU in which I work today. So I was sedated. I had a breathing tube. I actually had a surgical breathing tube placed in my neck on a ventilator. And I had a long road of recovery, but I stayed in the pediatric ICU for a few weeks. And that's kind of really where I decided I wanted to be a nurse. Because all I remember from I say, you see the doctors, you see the physicians, your surgeons, they come in, they talk to you for 10 minutes and they go, but your nurses are at the bedside, your mm-hmm. whole entire shift, basically. They're the ones that are there when you're crying, they're the ones that get you what you need, they're the ones who change you when you use the bathroom, like they they help you with everything. And I, I just felt such an emotional connection to those nurses. And I was just so appreciative of everything they did. And I think they really made such a huge impact on my recovery and how I handled it emotionally and how I progressed so quickly physically that I left and I immediately was like, I, I think I want to do that. But I think getting to the point of actually like making the decision to do it and like overcoming a lot of the stuff that I went through to get to that point, to be able to work on the same floor, treat a patient in the same room that I stayed in. It took a lot of work, but I always think back to what my nurses did for me and like how they impacted me and that I just, I want to be that person for someone. Yeah. I mean, I can think back to when your car accident was because you're a junior, correct? Yeah. It was the summer between my junior and senior year. I mean, we live in a small town, so obviously, and you were very just beloved by so many people. I can think back to that. And then obviously I've talked on the show, like I was in a car wreck, I believe like two years later. So we've, we've exchanged texts, just kind of like supporting each other just because it's just kind of a weird thing. Like you don't hear about it a lot. Like it's very rare that someone experiences that. And obviously we had very different like injuries and different things happen, but just the fact that like, yeah, we went through those similar things and we talked before we even got on, but (laughs) it becomes a huge part of your story. And I think people forget that that's like, that's just like the beginning part of the story. It's like what happens afterward that's important. It's what you do about it. It's not it's not necessarily like the hospital because like you're not really in control of like that healing process, but you're in charge of like what happens afterwards and like what are you going to do with this like really hard thing that you went through. And clearly you've used it in the best in the most beautiful way possible, which is so just tremendous. I guess I want to ask, like, what are some of the key things you remember the nurses doing for you that you're like, wow, like, I want to be able to do this for someone else? I just remember that I will, one instance I don't remember because I was still pretty, like, heavily medicated and sedated, Mm -hmm. but I had, I remember they told me that I, after everything, like, I was stabilized, everything, I mean, I had blood in my hair, I had glue from the EEG, Mm -hmm. I had I mean they just when when they're trying to save your life they don't care about your hair and so I had all this stuff in my hair and it was in just one giant mess like it was mm. just we called it the clump mm. it was just a giant like not dreadlock and 
when I was sedated after like a surgery and I was on pain medication, one of my nurses just sat at the top of my bed and just detangler, tried brushing out my hair, brushing my hair, getting that out before, because she's like, I want to do this while she's like sedated, like, isn't like, cause it's going to be painful because it was in this huge knot, like, and that was just one thing. And I was like, wow, that's like, just like things that you don't even think of, like no one thinks of, or like, mm-hmm. I had a hard time sleeping after I was off all my medications and stuff. And my, one of my night shift nurses would just sit in my room and talk with me. Mm. And we would just talk and like, she just wanted to get to know me as a person. Like what sports did I like? Like what TV shows did I like? What music did I listen to? Forming those relationships and those bonds and like the way I saw them interact with my brothers and like be there for my brothers and the way I saw them interact with my mom and dad and be there for my mom and dad. Like just seeing all of that. I just like loved those relationships that they made and like the support that they provided. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty incredible. I, I don't know. I'm just like astounded by like your just the fact that you're like right back where you were healed at one point after this. It just it's amazing to me. Now, can you walk me through a little bit of like what the recovery then looked like afterwards? Because again, like people think about like the hospital and they think about the accident itself, but then there's so much that happens afterwards that I don't think people typically think about. So what was that like, like once you left the hospital? Yeah. Yeah. And I totally agree. Like you leave the hospital and it is such a huge accomplishment to like get out of that setting and back home. And I truly believe that the healing process advances once you're in a comfortable environment, but once you are home, it's like, okay, like you're out of the hospital, you're home. And then, yeah, people do forget, like you're still going through, you still have such a long road ahead of you. And yeah, I, my mom had taken some time off of work. She was my primary caregiver. And luckily when I went home, it was still summer. So we, I didn't have to go back to school right away, but I was on total bed rest. I was in a wheelchair for months following. I slowly progressed to like a walker because I had broken my right leg, my right femur. I had fractured my pelvis in multiple spots. And so the lower half of me was just needed to heal. They were both surgically repaired, but still needed to heal. And I actually had some trouble healing, which extended the process of me not being able to put weight on. So I I was on a wheelchair and I, I missed out on a lot my senior year due to that, which was really, really hard. I was going to therapy at least two times a week, I was going back to the hospital for follow-up appointments because I had so many different specialties that I was seeing. So life, like, as much as I couldn't do, like, it was still so crazy, like, running around. And anytime I wasn't, like, going to therapy, like, working on speech, like, going to doctor's appointments, I was essentially just sleeping because I was so exhausted. Mm -hmm. Um, And then moving into the school year, you have homecoming, you have football games, you have pep rallies, you have, I played volleyball, I missed out on that, like, And so it just took a really big emotional toll, just as much as a physical toll. Just missing out on all of that as a senior, like everything you dream of of your senior year of high school just gets taken away. It doesn't seem like, like, oh, you survived this car accident, like you should be thankful. And I was extremely, but Mm -hmm. it also doesn't take away from the fact that it's just hard at that age as well. For sure. Yeah. I don't, I think people think about like the physical toll and somewhat about the emotional toll, but I think that's almost like disregarded because it just, I don't know if people are like, well, you're here. And then you, you hear like the taglines of like, oh my gosh, like you've got to be here for a reason because like you shouldn't have survived that. And just some of those things in it, it, yeah. not that it's, a, you don't appreciate it, but it can also like 
make you feel like, yeah, but what right now was also really hard. Yeah. Um, like trying to start back up in school. Like I could only go for half days. And like, sometimes I had to like mm-hmm. leave the classroom or I had to like go home and be like, Oh, you get to go home. That's like, you're so lucky. Like, but I'm like, if I would love to stay at school. Like mm-hmm. right? I could at this point, like, I don't want to go home, but I just have to, like, I can't stand being here. Like, like my brain is not functioning in a place where I can be here for a full day, but if I want to, and like, right. so just like those, like, oh, you're so lucky you get to go home. Like, it just kind of stinks because it's it's not even in your control. Right. So going back to that, like how, I mean, how did you handle all that? Like, what did you do to get through, to power through and to like get to the other side where like now you're serving the patients that were once you, which Mm is, like I said, it's just incredible. But like, how did you get to that point? Like what got you through emotionally? Yeah, I, I think the number one, well, two things, I think the Slinger, my family, my friend group, the whole community was Mm -hmm. the most amazing support system even throughout the school, people bringing my family meals, like, so they didn't have to worry about cooking, like, giving rides to my brothers. I think just seeing the community come together really pushed me to do my best to get better. And I think that is what got me through the initial recovery process. I lead a lot of my faith at that time, and I still do. But I, at one point, I, like, with my trach, I wasn't able to talk. Mm-hmm. So essentially the only person I could talk to was God. And I was like, God, please give me the strength. Please like keep like pushing me through this. Like you, you, you saved me from this car accident. Like I truly believe like so many miracles happened that day that it was just Mm -hmm. that there was some higher power God looking over me who saved me. So he was really the only one I had to talk to. And so I like, I kept going with that throughout. Like when I made big accomplishments, like knowing like he was with me, he was going to push me to make that like next step, that next step. So I think those two things were what got me through the initial process. I knew at one point I wanted to become a nurse after I saw everything the nurses did for me. Like going to nursing school, I struggled with some, just some stuff like neurologically, like that I didn't have with my TBI and everything that I hadn't before. And so school was a lot harder going through that, but getting back on the floor, I knew that I wanted to, like, I knew I had to give back in some way. And I, I knew I was like, I told her I remember rolling off the floor in my wheelchair when I left the hospital one day, because when I had appointments, I would like sneak back to say hi to the nurses. Oh. I was like, I'm going to be back here one day. I'm going to be back here one day. Like, I'm not going to be in a wheelchair. I'm going to be walking. I'm going to be caring for kids. Like, I'm going to be back here. And so when I was in college, I was able to have the opportunity to do a clinical rotation um, on that floor. Hmm. And when I tell you I was scared to death when I got accepted into it I was because you had to like go through an interview process you had to write an application I was like I was over the moon I was so excited but then the day came and I went to my first day of clinical and I had so much anxiety over me like how am I going to react like because I did suffer from like anxiety after depression after PTSD Mm -hmm. am I gonna go to shambles as soon as I get back on that floor because it'd been years I see that room when I see patients who are in a similar situation, like I had no idea how I was going to react. And it was really, really hard. Sometimes it is still hard, but I think, yeah, that's why, I mean, I got to that point and I, I, I was able to overcome all those anxieties being on that floor, just knowing that I had that bigger purpose that I needed to do that. I needed to be there for those kids. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I I do think we live in like a really special community that way where everyone just kind of like wraps around you when hard times come. So yeah, I'm really fortunate that we live where we live. I mean, I know you live in a slightly different area now and me too, but like just to grow up in that environment is just, it was truly special. And then you mentioned, obviously your faith got you through. It's so interesting because I never thought about the fact that like at one point, God was the only person that you had to talk to. Were you ever mad at him? I went through a lot of emotions. I went through anger, sadness, anxiety. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know if I really ever asked though, like if the sense ever came over of like, why me? Like I got really, I did get really mad. I got really upset. And I, I guess I, I guess I did ask like, why, why did this happen? Why did you, Mm -hmm. why did you let this happen? I did get mad at him. But then I also thought like, but I know you're also the one who saved me. You're the one who helped me mm-hmm. pull through this. Like for sure. Wouldn't and I'm a firm believer of everything happens for a reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I I went through a lot of thinking of like, okay, yeah, this did happen. And like, but then I also survived. I was also saved. And so like, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Like there's gotta be something more to it. Um, and I think that is essentially where I am today. Which is yeah. Just so cool. Yeah, it's interesting that you talk about your college being like difficult with the neurological stuff because that was the same thing that I experienced because I think people like, I don't know, I think once you look fine on the outside, people are just like assume it's like everything's okay. And for me, like after my rec, like I always kind of looked okay. Well, my first one was actually where I got fixed up at Children's, probably the same unit you're on. That was back when I was in fifth grade and they repaired my face. So I'm I'm forever thankful to you and like the nurses at Children's because I know that's not easy work. But I also know like neither of us would be here if it wasn't for Children's Hospital. So just putting a plug in for them because they're incredible. But on the other side of things, like, yeah, those neurological things, I think it's really easy for people to see like, but like you're so beautiful and you look completely like fine and I'm sure everything's fine. And, and then on the inside, like you said, like there's memory stuff, there's anxiety, there's PTSD, there's all these other things that people, I guess, see, don't get to see that's under the surface. Did you undergo like any type of like therapy or like, did you talk to God through that? Like, how did you work through some of like the mental health stuff that you were experiencing? So I was actually seeing a therapist prior to my accident too. I struggled with my whole entire life. Um, So I was seeing a therapist prior to that for anxiety, depression, and then was just, I saw her more, the same therapist more frequently following and I still see the same one today. And she really helped me like get like find things like it really to come to terms with what had happened and mm-hmm. how to deal with those because I had anxiety and like all of these things before and I also suffer from OCD but it's crazy because all of that was still present after the accident but it was in such a different way so it's like prior I'm learning all of these like ways and things to deal with them and like how to talk myself down but then and then now it's like I'm still dealing with that but it's completely different now. So having to relearn all of that and like now what works was a huge thing and took a lot of now starting from ground zero. I also, a big thing that I struggled with going into college, high school was always like school has always come pretty easy to me. I've always loved school and 
obviously college is a whole different ballpark versus high school, but I started to struggle with things with my schoolwork that I never struggled with in high school. I started to notice like my attention was just not there. Like I would, I was getting so distracted. I like could not keep attention. Like I remember sitting in the library one day and I was like looking at my computer and I just like wrote the same sentence over and over and I, my brain just like could not mm. like move on to the next one because I could not like formulate what this one sentence was saying and it was nothing crazy like mm-hmm. and I was just like why am I so struggling so much to just like keep my attention on this one thing and so I think that was a big thing and I, I we actually I spoke with it or with my therapist about it and you can have like a post-traumatic like attention deficit disorder I didn't know like, that Mm -hmm. wow yeah Yeah. there's a lot of research on like post tbi like add and stuff like that so that was really interesting but then again just like learning ways to deal with that then learning strategies learning what environment like i do best in like what kind of like do i need music do i need background noise do i need complete silence that was a big like neurological thing that i struggled with because that's something that was new that was something i never struggled with prior right Well, thank you for being so brave and like sharing like, hey, this is something that I actually struggled with because I think it's a little bit easier afterwards to be like, well, yeah, I went through this hard thing. And of course I had mental health stuff, but it's harder to admit like, hey, this is something that I've struggled with actually my whole life. And that's actually something that I've recently found out as I was working with my therapist is like, I'm like, this has been there my whole life. I think what happened was the accident just like amplified it It made it like louder mm-hmm. which is hard and then you have to, like you said you have to learn new strategies and new techniques and you have to lean on god even more which is of course like that's a beautiful thing because we're not going to make it without him but then at the same time you can get really really angry at him because you're like i don't want to have to need you this much i want to just be able to do it on my own and cruise yeah. on and have my senior year and yeah it's yeah it's just it's really challenging, but I'm so proud of you, like still going to therapy, still learning new things. Cause I'm sure even now you're being exposed to the trauma now all the time. So yeah. it's gotta be new challenges. Yeah. And I mean, you go through so many different seasons of life and you go through different challenges and you go through different hardships. And mm-hmm. I think there's, it's so hard to just say, like, I deal with this all in this one specific way, because as I feel like life has progressed, I found different things that work for me in these different seasons. And and just trying to figure that out as you move along is so important because one thing that works is not going to always work for you. And maybe it will, maybe it will, but for me, that's just mm-hmm. not the case. Yeah. Speaking of new seasons, we're going to get into like a whole different subject because now we've talked about the hard things, but I want to hear about some of these new things that have happened. So you're engaged. That's so exciting. Yeah. yeah this year has been huge. So I think has been like one of the most eventful. I mean, yeah. Positive. Tell us everything. Tell us oh. all the good things. Yeah, this year I got engaged. Well, started we, Cameron and my fiance graduated from college in May, and after a long two and a half years of in, or a long distance relationship, he moved to the Milwaukee area. Awesome. We bought a house. Kind of had that whole adjustment of all right, we've done long distance for two and a half years now, and now we're just gonna we're we're moving in together. We're making this commitment, and I think I, I mean, we had always known we wanted to get married. We knew that we were the oh. one for. When did you know? Like, did you know, like, first couple dates? Or tell me that. If that's I okay. Always, I, it's so cheesy, but I always, like, was, like, I just remember, like, seeing him for the first time and just being, like, 
and I because I had previously known him but the, the, when we first met was the first time that I had like seen him in person but we had talked for previously like via social media mm-hmm. and like thing. and I just remember being like oh my gosh I that's him like I have not talked to him in like a year and I just like could not get that off my mind like I just felt like this gravitational pull towards him like I was like I need to go talk to him I need to go talk to him because we met actually met at his brother's wedding yeah um, yeah yeah he was the best man and I was like so he was busy preoccupied and I was just like I have to find time to go talk to him I have to go find time to talk to him so I always say like I just like and it was just like a feeling I had never experienced and even though we, I hadn't even talked to him yet so I'm yeah. always I'm like it was love at first sight and then with that like it just grew as we got to know each other and I think I don't know if there was an exact moment when I knew but yeah I mean so yeah we we moved in together and that was like it was it was crazy going from seeing each other once a week once every other week to now okay we're together every day and then yeah and September the first week of September he proposed and now we've just been wedding planning like crazy that's awesome that's so exciting what was your first date our first day was so we had talked at the wedding but I was like bugging everyone to introduce me to him I love and that like you already know him he already knows you and I was like yeah but just like initiate the conversation for me because I was so anxious and so scared and we had talked and we had texted following the wedding and he was like what are you doing tomorrow and I was oh, like oh forward I love it yeah yeah and I I was like well I had nothing I was just planning on going back to college and he's like well do you want to go get brunch before we both leave so the next day after the wedding that we met at we went to sawmill in had brunch talk we stayed there for like an hour after we finished our food just chatting and then we're like we should probably drive back to our own colleges and get done what we need to them before school tomorrow but yeah so and then we kept talking following that date hung out a few times and then I feel like our um, relationship progressed pretty quickly we started dating I think two weeks after our first date so like I know there's ladies listening. There's a mixture of like people who maybe are married, but then I know there's also a lot of people who are maybe dating and maybe some single ones too. There's a whole mix. Tell us like, I'm trying to think of how to phrase this. Cause I try to like explain it to people who are maybe going through some like relationship troubles or they're dating someone and they're like in that like confusing period. Like explain to me how the relationship started and like how you just like knew he was the one, I guess. Yeah, I went in, like, I went to this wedding, and I was not in a place where I was looking for anything. I was just enjoying being in college, hanging out with my friends, like, that was just, I was not in a place where I was looking for a relationship of any sort. But it was, I can remember the first moment that I saw him in the church, and I was like, I need to talk to him. I bugged literally everyone that I knew that knew him one of my friends who was a sister of the bride she was like okay fine I'll go I'll take you up there to go talk to him that's awesome and so I was like oh a wave of relief off of me so I was like I was nervous I wasn't gonna get to talk to him at all you're like I'm gonna miss my moment yeah <laughs> it was funny because he was sitting at the head table on his laptop and we're like what is he doing so we went up there and my friend Jenna she's like Cameron, this is my friend Mallory and my other friend. And he was like, oh, yeah, I know Mallory. 
and I was like oh my gosh she remembers me like being so cheesy and so we start talking catching up whatever and next thing I know I turn around and both my other two friends are gone (laughs) so it's just the two he was actually doing homework at the table oh nice that's awesome at his brother's wedding (laughs) that's so funny Uh, yeah and then it sounds like it was just like easy from the start yeah it was so easy we like went he's like can I get you a drink we like hung out we talked we danced on the dance floor like it was just so much fun and then same following up the next day I was like maybe it was just like the heat of the moment like so fun like we were at a wedding such a fun environment but then we went to breakfast and again it just like and this is what he had told his mom following like it was just so easy like there was just no effort put into it the conversation just like flowed so easily mm-hmm. and like, to the point where we looked at the time and we we're like we should probably like get going and like we've been sitting here for two and a half hours now mm, that's um, so sweet it was just then leaving and it was like well I didn't want to leave really like I wanted mm-hmm. like I had that feeling I wanted to like just go keep like keep our conversation going and so I think just like it being so easy and that's how our relationship I think has progressed like we've gone through hardships we've gone through different things but it's always in the end like easy Mm -hmm. and that's I think the thing I love most about our relationship and the most about like everything we've gone through even like because we did do long distance for and that was hard but like the way that we communicated and the way that we made it work yeah made it easy in a sense I love this. I love how it's like taking a turn to relationship advice because I literally for like all my single girlies out there, like when you know, you know, and it's not complicated and it's not the mind game. So like if you're single or you're in a relationship or like, did you have that feeling? Oh my gosh. Like when I met my husband, well, I did not want to be set up on it. I was kind of like you walking into the wedding when I met my husband And I was like, I want to be single with my cats. I'd gotten out of relationship in a long-term one. And I was like, I just want to be single with my cats. And then my friend Sarah were like, no, you need to meet Sam. And I was like, well, I really, I don't know. Like, I just don't, I'm really not wanting a relationship right now. And so she asked, can I go talk to him? And I was like, no, like you can't, like, I'm not letting you. Well, nobody listened to me. And then I went to the middle school where he was working at where my friend also worked at and I was like why did you do that like I was actually like mad and then everybody's like no no it's fine it'll be great and then they're like and he left so we can talk about it he left for the weekend whatever well then all of a sudden Sam walks by and I was like yeah he left for the weekend sure guys like thanks a lot and so he probably hears me like talking about him which is so creepy and so I look at him I'm like, so how's, how's your first week of school? And he was like, oh, it's good. How was yours? And whatever, we start talking. Well, yeah, then he messaged me right after and was like, hey, can I take you on a date? And I was like, well, it's not usual for guys to be just like, can I take you on a date? It's usually like the whole awkward, like, blah, 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 talk, what are we, whatever. Yeah, and that's like the same situation. Yes, exactly. So when you're talking about it and I'm just like, okay. We'll go on the date. We'll see how it is. And I am not kidding you. Like first day, I was like, I met my husband. Like this was him. I like just remember I like got in my car to drive back to Marquette, and I immediately called my my two best friends because I knew that they were together. And the three of us talking, and I was like, they're like, how was it? How was it? I was like, it was just the best thing. Like I was like, it was so good. I was like, I just really like him, and I want like I know it was only one date, but I just like want to keep seeing him, and like I hope he feels the same way. 
and it really is like I you truly you just know mm-hmm. yep so that would be my advice for anybody who's like in a complicated relationship or single like listen to us it should not be complicated it should be so just like easy and if it's not easier I also believe firmly in that if he wanted to he would vibes like it's true <laughs> unfortunately it's just true now fast forward so you guys dated for a couple years before you got engaged yeah we just it would have been three years we were together in November okay so how'd you get engaged what was the story yeah so we moved in together and we moved in together in May and we had talked about like okay we made this big step like we know the next step like we literally have a house together that we know the next step is going to be like we we know we want to get married and we had talked about like timeline kind of whatever and he had just he had just graduated he had just got a job and so he was still saving money like we're paying for this house and he's like I just I just need more time to save money I need more time to save money and I was like yep totally get that like mm-hmm. and so I I thought it was not going to be for some time mm-hmm. we I had talked about it the one day and he's like I need new brakes on my car I need new tires on my car that's going to be so much money like just talking about all these things that we like have to spend money on, you know, because life and adulting is expensive. So expensive. Mm-hmm. I know. And uh, so I was like, okay, okay. Like, yep, yep, yep. I'm thinking it's going to be like, you know, next spring, maybe something like that. And it's so fun now to like hear all the behind the scenes stuff that went on. He was being sneaky. <laughs> I know. And I'm also just like very oblivious. Like, I'm like, and I just trust him so much that he says like one thing and I'm like, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like, mm-hmm. and so we had this big thing planned at my parents' lake house and it was like a huge weekend. So it was Labor Day weekend and it was Cameron's birthday and it was my brother's birthday and it was our nephew's birthday. And so he had the one day I was like, well, what are we doing for, what do you want to do for your birthday? And he, Cause his family always, they're very big into birthdays. Like they love parties and birthday parties and whatnot. And mm-hmm. so it's funny cause him and his nephew birthday are like two, three days apart. And so he's like, well, it's like our nephew's birthday and it's my birthday. It's your brother's birthday. And he's like, I was thinking we just have like one big party with all our families. And I was like, oh my gosh, that is such a great idea. You have no idea. No idea. And he's like, yeah, then you don't have to choose. Like if you want to go hang out with your brother over the weekend, like for his birthday or like hang out with me and like, we can all just be together. And I was like, that's so thoughtful. And so we go up to my parents' cabin and his parents had rented an Airbnb nearby. And so we, the first night we like all get there, we go out to dinner, we're hanging out. And I guess someone had actually like mentioned it. Someone that we saw in town that knew we were getting engaged that weekend had like mentioned something. And I just, looked. she's like, oh, do you have a ring on your finger yet? And I was, I just blew it off. Like no biggie, like, no, not yet. And everyone was like, oh my gosh. And so then the next day we like go boating and we have like a volleyball net set up and bags games going. And it's just like a backyard party. And it was funny because he, everyone was up getting ready for dinner and he had asked me, he's like, do you want to go watch the sunset with me? I was like, okay, sure. And I'm like in my head, like freaking out. I'm like, oh my gosh, he would never, he would never ask me to do this. Like he would just be like, oh, does like anyone want to go walk down by the lake and watch the sunset? And I was like, oh my gosh, is he going to propose? Is he going to propose? And so we go down by the lake and we're standing on like the, the dock or the pier and he goes, 
like we're just talking about like oh it's so great like all our families are together and this is so much fun and he's like okay do you like you want to go back up now and I was like okay that was kind of weird so we like walked back up and I'm speechless <laughs> I know I was also I was like because I in my head my heart was racing I was like we haven't like talked about like getting engaged anytime soon like or like this soon I was like so like what is he doing like this is so strange and then just I was like okay maybe he was just like trying to be romantic I don't know so I was just like whatever I blew it off and so then the next day Sunday we're all getting ready the boys had all gone golfing in the morning and then us girls had done like a brunch and so we, the boys come back to the house and we're cleaning up from brunch and we're getting ready to go boating again. And he's just being really, really weird, like very quiet. And I'm like, I was like, are you okay? Like, is there something wrong? And he's like, no, no, I just have a headache. I have a headache. Like, and I've had a headache all morning. I was like, okay, like whatever, I'll get you some Tylenol. And uh, so I like go and I hear his mom asking the same thing. Like, are you okay? Are you okay? And I was like, isn't he acting a little weird? And so the plan was for him to wait until sunset. So the reason he asked me the night prior was so then on Sunday when he was actually going to propose, if he asked me to go watch the sunset, I wouldn't like be suspicious. Oh. But I was like catching on that something was weird. And so both of our moms were like, you have to do it now. Like, just do it now. We can celebrate all day. Like, if you, you she's going to, she's going to know something's up. Like, if you, if we wait any longer. So he like runs in the house. I'm in my swimsuit. Like I had changed out of my like cute dress from brunch. And I like had to put my swimsuit on, ready to go boating. We're loading up the boat. He's like, hey, can you come like help me with something down like by the pier? And I was like, yeah, sure. You know, walking down. And then all of a sudden he just like starts talking and like, feeling out all his feelings and I was like what are you doing <laughs> and I was like and so then he got on down on one knee and I was just oh I, I was so surprised that's perfect it was that's... it was like the most perfect thing ever that's the best story because I love that you like thought something was gonna happen and then it didn't and then it was just at like the <laughs> perfect like time to catch you <laughs> off guard so you're like what that's so awesome you know what we do well it's just psych me out <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, and so now you said you're getting married in August. Yeah, yeah. We got engaged on Labor Day weekend and now we're getting married on Labor Day weekend. So pretty like pretty fast engagement, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. We were kind of under the impression like we drove home. We were driving home from the lake and still kind of like awestruck and mm-hmm. um we were just talking like, okay, let's like do we have any idea of how long of an engagement we want? Like and we were kind of like well we know we want to get married so let's just get married like mm-hmm. fine like if some people want a long engagement and I think that's totally fine if that's like what works for you but we were like let's see like what this looks like what like because I mean I don't know the first thing about wedding planning so I was like let me like look into some stuff like and figure it out because we're like we want to get married when it's like sort of warm so like we could aim for next fall but if we don't do next fall then we'll probably have to wait till spring Mm. and so yeah we I talked with my mom and my mom's like gung-ho and ready to go and start wedding planning I'm pretty sure she had started wedding planning before we even got engaged that's awesome I I recommend the short engagement I feel like everything has to be planned anyway so it's kind of going to be stressful 
anyway, so it's like, do you really want to like expand your stress or do you want to just like, let's get her done? And the most stressful part for me was just like finding a date when that was the other thing, because we knew we wanted to get married. Like we're very, we're both like strong in our faith and we wanted, it was important for us to get married in a Catholic church. Love that. Yeah. So the hardest part was just coordinating like the date of like for the church and the venue. Wow. And so it was like, oh, like we love this venue and they have this day open and this will be perfect. And then we like go to the church and they're like, oh, we don't have that date open. And it's like, oh, so then it's like, all right, now let's just keep looking. So I think that was the most stressful part. So after we got that locked down, I think that was like, after that, it was like, okay. Wow. I, this is going to go down as for sure one of my favorite episodes because I love it. It's like trauma career to relationship advice to here's help with your wedding planning. <laughs> Mallory's got, I love it. Um, I know. It's fun. It's fun. I was like, maybe I should be a wedding planner on the side. I love it. I'm just so excited for you congratulations I'm just it's gonna be awesome I'm so excited to just like see pictures and your engagement pictures are beautiful and I'm just I'm pumped I have one more question for you before we wrap up are you still doing that blood drive I do it every once in a while I haven't heard I wasn't able to make the one this past summer and then with COVID it got kind of funky right but could you tell us just a little bit about what your blood drive is because I thought that was the coolest thing ever that you started that yeah, the first two years were so successful and then COVID took a hit and we weren't able to do it for like another two years. Yeah, that was like one of the things I love, like just being involved and like anything I can do for prevention and helping and whatnot. But mm-hmm. I did receive like a lot of blood products after my accident. And so I made an effort following that to donate blood because and then coming into the medical field, like you see how much like how much of a shortage there is and like mm-hmm. how much like it's so precious like it's such like it seems so cliche because like oh we all have blood but it's such when you're on a shortage it's crazy for sure um, but yeah so I was actually varsity I think it was reached out to me a few years after my car accident and uh, asked if I would be interested in doing a blood drive in Slinger and I think they had always done one in Slinger, but then after my accident, we kind of like coordinated to work on it together. And so, yeah, I hosted my first blood drive. I think it was two or three years following the accident. And it was in Slinger at the fire department, which was super special mm-hmm. um, because I still stayed in contact with the fire department following the accident because I was just so appreciative of everything they had done at the scene. Right. And- they rock. Oh, yeah, they do love slinger fire department and lifestar and yeah we had no idea like how big of a hit it was gonna be we had just like planned they had like estimated i don't even know like some number of participants and like brought x amount of supplies and we had done a lot of advertising for it we did something on the news channel in the newspaper just stuff like that and i think i did like a radio clip and I just remember the day of and we like got there early to help set up and everything and I was just so overwhelmed by the amount of people that just showed up for me and for the community and for just like the general public. We actually ended up like running out of supplies and having to turn people away because we just didn't have enough supplies because so many people showed up to donate blood. Incredible. It was so incredible. It was like such an overwhelming and amazing experience because I like and just to think like 
like these people my mom even my mom was terrified of drawing blood and she was gonna try to do it and like just seeing my friends show up and like some of my friends from college came down to slinger to do it and it was just the coolest thing and i would recommend to anyone if you're able to to go to your local blood center there's just fun resources Versity does blood drives i know like schools and different fire departments and different community centers do blood drives and if you're able to and that's something you'd like to do to help the community i would 100 recommend for sure i'll put some links in the bio just for local resources for people because i think that's super important and we use blood products constantly i mean especially in the icu for sure and it's so simple like it's such a simple thing that you can do like it literally like you can sit in a chair and scroll on tiktok and donate blood yeah. and mm-hmm. bring a book do whatever and listen to, yeah yeah listen to a podcast yeah share this one no yeah I never do that I'm never like share with your family I don't like doing that but if you would like to send this podcast while you're on the chair (laughs) drawing blood do it well Mallory well first of all I really think the turnout for that event is not only yes it's our community but I also think it's a reflection of you because you're just you're wonderful I mean again I've known you forever since our little brothers were like best friends when they were goofy looking sixth graders for little boys (laughs) Actually, there's a picture of, yes, there's a picture Evan has in his room of him and Nathan playing like the saxophone and they both have like a Bieber haircut and I'm just like, wow. I know exactly what you're talking about. That is hilarious. It's so funny. But first of all, thank you for sharing your story. I just, I think so many people are going to be inspired by your just vulnerability, all that you've overcome, but then how you've used it for good, which I just think is like. That's the biggest takeaway in all this is like, yes, you're going to go through hard things. Things are going to come up that are really challenging, but it's like what you do afterwards. And then also thanks for telling us your engagement story. Cause that's like, yeah, the, that's the you. sweetest thing ever. Yeah. Thank you for being on the podcast, Mallory. I really appreciate it. This is great. I love what you're doing. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You guys, if you loved this episode or you enjoyed any of my other episodes, please, please, please give a rating on whatever platform you're listening. It helps the show so much and means the world to me to hear your feedback. If you'd like to follow along with more from me and my friends and just hear more about my day-to-day life, please follow me on social media, which is Be Brave with Emma B on Instagram or Facebook. I so look forward to hearing from you guys and becoming friends.